Do you want to do like an intro topic or do you want to uh, talk about Fafaween? Fafaween sounds pretty stupid. What are you talking about? This is what we agreed on. I thought that was an internal name. <laughs> like, you know, Blue Harvest. You know? <laughs> no, no. Fafaween. Come on. Oh. I've been calling it <laughs> Damocles. I've been calling it Democles. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've been thinking about Fafaween for days. Now I have to call it something else. Uh, do you have a proposal? Uh, faffing about Halloween. Or Fafaween for short. <clears throat> okay. Okay. All right. You're going to be right. one of those little so, pricks. One okay, of these little fucks right here. Let's start. <laughs> All right. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Andy. And I'm Vivian. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, single episodes for November because we got to make some content. Uh, so yes. we're, we're going to do faffing uh, about November or faffaween for short. As one may say. Yeah. Yeah. Some people think that's a pretty stupid name. I, I, I think it's just delightful. I don't know who. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's a Fafaween. I mean, okay. it rolls off the tongue. It gives you just, everything you need to know. Just don't print it on the on the title. All right. Uh, <laughs> November. Special episode. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is uh, instead of doing, you know, one of our usual big episodes where we talk about like, you know, a couple of movies or, you know, we're just going to do... Uh, throughout the month of October, November, a few, single, um, a series of uh, small episodes, uh, mm-hmm. each one covering one movie uh, that uh, should be fun or terrible or both. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, ho- hopefully we can keep the time down and we can produce more content in a more timely fashion. Like, you know, November. Let's struggle for content. Ugh. So anyway, uh, first off, we're going to talk about uh, Dos Equis. Dos Equis, the, the, you know, the, the beer with the most interesting guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Only it's female chromosomes. Yes. So it, we're going to talk about uh, a, a horror anthology movie called uh, XX or Double X. I usually call it just Double X for sure. Dos Equis. Um, <laughs> yes, Dos Equis. It's a horror anthology with like uh, little episodes directed by different female directors. Mm-hmm. And it came out in 2017, uh, the year of the female. Was that in? Oh, hell, I, I don't know. It. In response to the sexism of President Trump, it's the year of the female. I don't remember. I, I think that might have been 2018 when there was like a fresh round of. Uh, hi- yeah, uh, don't doubt. Uh, I, I would cut that out. You know? Hiring at the Congress terms. Yes. You know, yes. And in, in, in response to the sexism of the times, they struck back with a movie directed by female directors. The Year of the, the Woman was a popular man. label attached to 1992 and 2018. So, no, this is not the year of the female. I'm getting into character. I'm the Vivian. 
I'm the Vivian. <laughs> the Vivian. <laughs> I can't believe you left that crap. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> oh my god, I'm the Vivian. Hi. We're fat in the AM. You're driving the air. Yes. All right, Goofball. What were you going to say about... Uh... All right, so... Uh, the movie is sort of billed as a kind of like uh, horror from like a female perspective. But I think the, uh, as we'll see, and we're going to discuss all the, the little little bits of, of the movie separately. But um, as we'll see, to me, it was more about the horror of motherhood mm. more, more than anything. Motherhood related, which, yeah, you know, it's which is definitely a, a female horror uh, for sure. Uh, but um yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Didn't occur to me because uh, um, well, it has uh, four stories and a framing device. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, now thinking of motherhood, that yeah, yeah, it fits right into uh, three or four out of five of them. So, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, and not, we're not going to go in, in the order that the, uh, that the mini, that the, that the, that the, the mini episodes within the, the film uh, are presented. What? Uh, we're right. <laughs> That's out of what? order. What? You're out of order. You can't do that. There's an order. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll both be out of order. Settle down, Phoenix Wright. Um, so we're going to go from like the worst, worst to best. And we mostly agree on which ones were the worst and the best. Yeah. So, you know, we'll just comment. Uh, and also to me, um, so to me, it's uh, the worst of them is one called Don't Fall. And mm-hmm. uh, don't fall to me. Also, I put it as the worst, not only because it it's sort of kind of bleh, kind of limp, mm-hmm. but uh, very very, uh, very much a retread of stuff you've seen before. But also because it doesn't really have the motherhood theme, uh, right. which I thought was strange. It's kind of an outlier in that respect. I think maybe the direct the directress didn't get the memo or something. Yeah, she she's the one who um, it is. Uh, that episode was written and directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who um, she uh, was a producer for the VHS films, Faults, Devil's Candy. But also she uh, wrote and directed a segment in the film uh, Southbound. Oh, Southbound. Yeah. Another anthology horror movie that uh, that is not very good at all. No. Nah. And which commits the cardinal sin of showing you a better movie, mm-hmm. uh, insists on showing you a better movie that has nothing to do with it. Uh, it's Carnival of Souls. That right, it, yeah. You know, everyone is sort of like watching in, be- in between all the segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, don't remind me of a movie that is a million times better than what I'm watching. You know, right. it's like it's a different mode. You know, if you want me to enjoy your movie. Just don't bring, don't take me out of it like this, you know? Right, because like you're like looking for the connections between, oh, so maybe it's like Carnival of Souls and these characters are sort of like in, in between. No, none of that. None mm-hmm. of it translates. There's no connection no. at all. No. So yeah, this is the director of that. <laughs> yep. Uh, she did uh, one of the segments in it. Uh, skip it. Yeah, so... <laughs> Well, so Don't Fall is about these group of like friends that are, that are going out on a camper uh, to this place. Like it seems like out in the desert and there are, you know, there's rocks and stuff. 
mm-hmm. and um not much really happens to to be honest they there's some uh some uh, unrelated interaction between the characters like you know they're sort of dating each other and stuff you know but nothing brother and sister or something i don't know what's going on there's there's two of them that are brother and sister and then there's and the other one and the other two are a couple yeah um but there's there's some interaction and stuff that doesn't really pay off into the whole monster mash uh uh angle to it what if they're a polycule not brother and sister hopefully well, you know, what if they're Lannisters? I don't know. I don't think that's this kind of film. Right. Nothing interesting like that happens in Don't Fall. Other than, than... No. And uh, there's also the idea that it's of Don't Fall. It starts with this idea of the character being, you know, doing some climbing in this rocks out in the desert, kind of like where, you know, Neil Breen is, uh, you know, in, in <laughs> one of his movies where he meets the tiger, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they're they're out there, and there's thing where the main character she's afraid of fall, afraid of heights, mm-hmm. and so you know you think that don't fall, you know it's gonna have like some sort of double meaning, like you know, like fall as in morality or something like yeah, that, yeah, or because you know that that, that the character is gonna have to face her fear of heights, even you know. Right. The uh the the title is like front and center, and we're like sort of like trying to interpret all the meanings that it could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spoiler alert for Don't Fall. It has no meaning at all. No. None. Not even no. a bit. No. <laughs> no. No? No. No. Not at all. No. Unfortunately. Uh, like, you know, four friends, they go hiking in some like place. They find a they find a cave painting. It could be like a cave painting, or that looks like it's some sort of ancient evil. Ancient spirits are evil. You know, and there's and there's the intimation that they were, you know, maybe directed there to this place that's that they weren't supposed to be at by some, you know, evil rednecks and in in a bombed out gas station or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't remember any of that, but you know, it's like. It's off. it's very fleeting. They just mention it, you know. It's off like, the page. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem. Yeah, it doesn't it's seem implied like that dim-witted rednecks are sending people to their dooms, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so don't fall is pretty terrible. Um, unfortunately, um, I will give it one thing that the uh, makeup effects on the monster are excellent. That's the best part of it. The makeup effects are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of a cool looking monster, uh, but that's all it is. Which is yep. uh, like there is one there, there's like one or two of these that are like head and shoulders like above everything else, and it's kind of disappointing because the uh, the very best one is right out front. Yeah, that's the reason that I that I wanted to go with that worst to best, right? Because it's almost like the orders like flipped, mm-hmm. you know, because. It goes out of the gate with this great episode that you know we'll discuss later. Yeah, but but then it you just it, it just a steady decline from there. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I actually thought it was more of a sharp decline, and then there's mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah, you're right. We we, we kind of bounced at the end. There yeah, you're it, right. It, yeah, yeah. It's it actually just goes straight down after that. <laughs> True. Anyway, but it was entertaining to watch. I'd say you know. Yeah. yeah. And, 
I like I like movies like that that are like like little um short form horror movies that are like a, you know like a, you know little little short stories kind of thing. And that's one of the problems that I have with the Don't Fall story that mm-hmm. it could have been a good short story type where it sort of leaves you with uh, an intimation of a world and in sort of a moral dilemma or not even that or you know sort of like teases you with stuff you know but it doesn't really that's that's the thing you know other than the fact that there's a monster there's an ancient monster or whatever Mm -hmm. you've seen it before and it's it doesn't feel like it's you know it's almost like an evil dead speed run without any of the charm or style (laughs) (laughs) oh you know we should uh we should also talk which to me, it's one of the best things about the movie, mm-hmm. the framing sequence. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to that. That's mm-hmm. that's my second yeah, best. Because I want to talk. Yeah, there you go. My second best, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we were, pretty, we were pretty in agreement for this. Yeah, yeah. The next short uh, that we saw in this film is the second one, which, you know, after the heights of the first one is uh, pretty disappointing. It is Birthday Party. The birthday party, yes. So the birthday party is like this very like uh, like high, very stylish kind of look, kind of like you know uh, modern rich people style sort of thing with with like a dash of the sixties mm-hmm. colors and stuff. Um, and it's uh, it's got Melanie Linsky, which to me was the more most interesting thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I've always liked her. Uh, I haven't seen her in a lot. I think she's been mostly like on TV stuff and all that. But who's uh, She is. Uh, she's she's the main lady. Well, right. Uh, but who is she? She she was famous because she was in Heavenly Creatures. It's a Peter Jackson movie, uh, and she's there with Kate Winslet. Don't read too much about it because I want to watch it with you. Okay, I'm just like looking at her filmography here, and uh, she sort of like diverged from the mainstream. Uh, yeah. After uh, Coyote Ugly looks like. Coyote Ugly. Oh, my God. That was a big movie at the time. I've never seen it. From that lost decade. Isn't that from the late 90s, though? Coyote Ugly? Uh, 2000. 2000. Okay, well, sort of. <laughs> but, yeah, the 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 birthday party. It was uh, written, again, it was written by Roxanne Benjamin, who did Don't Fall. Uh, it was also Oof. written by... Two for Two. Yeah, yeah. It was also written by Annie Clark and directed by Annie Clark. Mm-hmm. And what did Annie I, Clark ever do? Uh, she is the musician known as St. Vincent. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I, I've heard of her, but, you know uh i know she exists right I, I, you know i didn't do any research on this because i was pretty disgusted with this one yeah so okay so let's stop beating around the bush so it's about this this bored rich lady is as melanie linsky that mm-hmm. feels threatened by her sexy maid uh and um you know her husband who's like this uh you know the type of guy that he just lives in his work he dies of a heart attack or something on the day of their like daughter's birthday 
mm-hmm. and she wants to make sure that nothing nothing uh, goes wrong on her daughter's birthday. So there's an element of humor to it. I think towards the end when mm-hmm. she's trying to hide the body of of her husband and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but then like, it's just, uh, and then it does like at the end something like it just tries to be too clever by half, right. you know, like. Um the whole uh, premise of it is sort of like, you know, like sort of comedic and silly that like, Oh my God, the kid's birthday party, everything has to go right. Oh, Oh, I don't want to uh, spoil the majesty of this. So, Oh, I know I'll pay the, uh, I'll pay the uh, guy that came to wear a costume. Uh, I'll pay him for his costume. I'll dress my husband in the costume and that will be the perfect hiding place for him. Uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those sort of like uh, that that is kind of like more modern kind of kind of I don't know like sensibility. So sort of, but it's trying to be sort of has some dread or something to it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's sort of the other like morbid weird... kind of thing, you know, sort of like a morbid humor it's trying for. Right. That's um, the uh, other with, thing but... about this one. Yeah. Is uh that it's like uh, throughout this one, uh it has like a lot of horror stings and music and like uh-huh. tension, like lots of tension notes and you know like horror stings and uh dun-duns yeah. and things like that, which are completely out of place throughout it and so you know that's yeah. that's an error and it of gets tedious i think oh yes <laughs> well i think it's just it, i think i, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that i just think that that's how they wanted it to look mm-hmm. but it's just tedious and it's i don't know kind of outdated that kind of thing by now i don't know it yeah. just fe- it just feels like you know, when David Lynch does something sort of uh, sort of like the sort of pregnant moment with dread or something, that's that's different. But and this is like, I don't know, it's not very well done. And you know, we we'll see her like her maid walking about with like huge wig and in like a like a skin tight dress and these super high heels, right. which for some reason is the maid, but then you know, she seems like some sort of terrible uh, presence, and then she just but then apparently she's not. This... Right. She has no character. She's just like a vampy lady that's in her house. Right. And uh, so I wanted to connect that to since we uh, we can start with the theme that, you know, at least that, that I'm I'm thinking of the mm-hmm. horror of motherhood in, in that <laughs> regard. It's like, in a way, I mean, I get what it's trying to do, it, that it's like she feels uh, she feels like, um, you know, I think the dread of the maid is because she feels she feels like she could be replaced by the maid or something like that with her husband who is just right. Right. She feels threatened by there being a younger, hotter woman in the house. Right. Right. And she's always shot to make her look like out of shape and stuff like that. I mean, she's fine, you know, yeah, yeah. anything, but that's how it's shown. And, and in the end, it's sort of like, you know, whatever happens to her husband, she sort of doesn't care, but she does care about the happiness of her child. I mean, I get what it's trying to do in a way, you know, but it it just takes too much too long to do it. And it's not very interesting when, you know, when the the, the final part comes, you know, which right. we're not going to spoil. But it has something to do with it, with, you know, her her husband being in in, in being dead in that um, that, suit, that it's like a big panda suit. Yeah. And it's a big setup yeah. for a, like a shaggy dog joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's trying to be too clever by half at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I got a chuckle out of it, but it was not worth the preceding 19 minutes. Uh, I didn't. That just I just <laughs> thought it was insufferable. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was already there, I guess. <laughs> I was delighted it was over. And, uh, you know, to get, get on my big uh, my big yeah. sexist soapbox. Uh, You're not a sexist. I don't know why you always try to be the sexist guy. Oh, no. It's like these, these are thoughts that I've had and, and I can. I can follow them up with like facts and reason. Uh, <laughs> Dab. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the the um, that this is a uh, one of, one of those examples of girl horror, but it's like kind of closer in vain to like a Shirley Jackson kind of girl horror, where uh, right. That's what you yeah you mentioned that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that it's in, um, like, where it's not so much like in the abject horror of the situation, it's in the uh, uh, the framing and social implications of uh, the situation in the mind of the protagonist, which is the uh, uh, lady. Right, and I, and I think in a way, you know, there's, uh, there's definitely, it's definitely important to me, you know, like, um, to show in a horror movie or whatever movie, you know, like, you know the those kinds of pressures you know mm-hmm. like that women get that men don't that that sometimes they don't show them in in horror movies genre movies you know yeah um but um because you know a lot of a lot of uh you know men's stuff is usually kind of sometimes devoid of uh, of self-awareness you know mm-hmm. it's like in, you know everyone's treated as you know uh an eternal man or whatever anyway um think of a man (laughs) yes there you go think of a man there you go you have to put the clip now i think of a man and i take away reason and accountability (laughs) the birthday party but yeah yeah boring girl horror no (laughs) no anyway so Shall we move on or? Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about it? Um, no, other than that, the, uh, you know, like the, the stupid, meaningless horror stings from. That's right. What should have been a sillier. And like the kids, it was like a costume birthday party. One of the kids is dressed as a toilet and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole thing with the kids costumes. Yeah, this this whole thing there too there's they're like or like un, un, unlikely you know sort of like and it go like oh it's so weird you know yeah yeah <laughs> don't think of it anyway moving on to the next one uh which is her only living son mm. otherwise known as the andy crust yes you, you you've heard of the antichrist 666 the number of the beast well this is the Andy Christ, Andy like you, Andy. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I have. I have a good bit of uh, stuff here for being an Andy and Andy and their depictions in film. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's coming. Oh, it's coming. But uh, go ahead, tell us what happens. <laughs> well, it's about a mother and her son, Andy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. Andy. Hashtag relatable. It's my number two. Yes. 
you know, which you think you think at some point we, you know, this Andy has to be bad. All Andys in movies are bad. Right. Right. You know, Vivians are are they hardly hardly exist at all. Yeah, they're old you know? ladies or sex pots. So are they? I've never. I don't remember any Vivians in movie. Pretty much. Right. I mean. They're, there's a couple between, yeah but... there used to be more i think in in like in the, in the old movies mm-hmm. yeah like in like the, the the 40s and stuff like that anyway so the um so Our it's about a, so it's a woman and her and her and, and her son and he's been having some trouble at school because he's been doing some evil things like you know mm-hmm. telling some girl to pull her nails off and stuff like that he apparently has some sort of power of suggestion and you know he's sort of he's sort of like a very much like a teenager basically yeah uh, you know a teenager uh that that you know he we we see that he has some powers and and she is trying to hide too from yeah. someone we don't know who from his father whom we assume is mm-hmm. you know like the the typical single mother fleeing from an abusive husband thing yeah deadbeat dad basically but but here's the kicker yes what if tell me this is rosemary's baby ah so it is the andy christ yeah yeah so we named him andy (laughs) it'd be funny for people named andy to have to you know associate with these assholes in every movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he's not he's not very good uh uh he's 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 kind of kind of a of a little jerk yeah um borderline sociopath so the idea is that his father is looking for him and there's some interesting uh sort of reversals as to how she thinks that she has gotten away from uh from him but that there's a lot of people that are that are still sort of keeping tabs on her Mm -hmm. um don't want to spoil it too much in that regard but I actually thought it was interesting as, you know, the, he's, uh, Andy is basically, basically wants to, he's uh, tired of his mom, you know, he's like and having trouble with his mom and he wants to go live with his dad. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, but his dad is like the devil apparently. Right. And it's like, he doesn't quite know that, but he has like intimations of it. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, he, he goes out all night and he comes home covered in blood and he's yeah. like, he has like and, these and he, big black, he has a bit big black toenails. Yeah, yeah, that he cuts off and keeps in a box under his bed like all Andes do. I, I don't want to know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's why it's the most relatable. No, but uh, I, I was like, re- really, uh, the, the most interesting scene for me was um, the, the uh, part where, you know, Andy is in the principal's office or Andy's mom. Um, she's in the principal's office and they're telling him about uh, how uh, Andy tore off uh, one of his schoolmates' uh, fingernails. And I'm like, one, how? And two, how? And Yeah. and I think it, it's like she, he actually convinced her to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we find out that they weren't like like her nails. It was like, uh, like press-ons. Hmm. No, no, I think no, no. She actually had to go to the emergency room for this, right? Well, because they are because they are actually like glued on, Mm -hmm. you know, like like gels or something. You know, if you tear that stuff out, it's gonna hurt. You know, it's gonna make it's gonna do damage. But 
that's but what like, it was. Important thing is none of this is shown. And mm-hmm. it's just like these implications that, you know, right. oh, Andy's tearing out his classmate's fingernails. Yeah. And the, uh, the the fact that um, the mother of the girl whose fingernails Andy tore out is like properly outraged. Um, and, you know, she's a black woman. So, you know, and, and you can see the principal like giving the benefit of the doubt to Andy. And it's like. Oh please, boys will be boys. Right, and, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's the there's the, uh, the the racial component there too, which is interesting because it's kind of a reversal there. That which you see why they do that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know it's like the girl's mother, the poor girl's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's just sort of dismissed out of hand. Right. You know, like her concerns, and I think that you know in a way that's kind of cool. How that's why to me this this one ranked a bit you know a bit higher than the others yes because it actually sets up situations that have more than one meaning which is interesting you know there's like the whole racial you know racial discrimination angle which which is really which is really interesting uh because it's so so brazen you mm-hmm. know i mean later we find out that it's, there's a different reason mm-hmm. but it's well set up yeah I hear about the things he makes the other kids do all in the name of being in the cool clique. Mrs. Withers, what about Andy's side of the story? I mean, who's to say he wasn't provoked at some point? Are you suggesting that this is Stacy's fault? Conflicts like these between hot-headed teenagers? Stacy is on her way to being valedictorian at this school. I would hardly call her... Are often very complicated situations it's just not as black and white as you're describing it it was written and directed by karen kusama who um actually did other things she did um she's the writer director of 2000's girl fight she did eon flux jennifer's body the invitation which we watched and the invitation uh, uh that's the one where like uh, these like Hollywood Hills people are having this dinner party and oh, yeah. they, they invite some weirdo and that wasn't so bad. Right. Yeah. It was, okay. it was all right. So, some sort of like Messiah, like weirdo. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. And but they're like yeah, looking yeah. for the signs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not quite like uh what was that one movie that we watched where uh, it was sort of like a dinner party thing, but like if they left the house, they would end up in like a different time. Oh no, that's coherence. Yeah. Coherence. That's oh much, man. I wouldn't watch that again movie. sometime. Yeah. Oh, that, that movie's great. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so this is like from an actual director. Yeah. As opposed to like somebody. I I'd, who, heard, I'd, I'd heard her name before. Yeah. Jennifer's body invitation. Uh, 2018. Jennifer's body is famous. I've never seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Young Flux, that that's the one with uh, Charlize Theron, right? Yeah. I hear. I've seen it. I know because there mm-hmm. was at the time there was uh, Young Flux and there, there was Ultraviolet too with Mila Jovovich. <laughs> yes, she lives in a world you may not understand. We should do a double feature of those. <laughs> I, I remember. Th- like uh, ultraviolet came out like around the time that I quit watching TV, but kind of like, like the that... era of equilibrium and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like that ad was on for a bunch and everything. I live in a world you may not understand, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably misremembering it because of Pete Wilkins' brain. But um, I, I'll, I'll like look it up, and it's 
I'll put in the clip to show myself being a fool. Anyway, back to the movie. Hello, my name is Violet. I was born into a world you may not understand. May not understand. May not understand. Let me start at the beginning. So, the Antichrist. Yeah. So, uh, to me, is it, it, the, the, the whole mother component on that one mm-hmm. is, is actually pretty good. It's, it's very well done, I think. It's, it's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like the, the plight of every, you know, single mother who... You know, whenever they, you know, they they've raised their kid their whole life and they've protected kid their whole life, and then the kid when whenever they turn, you know, into an adolescent, they, you know, how kids are that they, they're like, you know, completely uh, ungrateful, ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this this that and and uh, you know how ki- you know how kids of separate parents sometimes go like, oh, I'm gonna go live with my dad. You I'm know, with my dad. And you know he, had, you know, and there's no rules in his house. That that kind of thing. You know, and he lets and, me watch porn and asks me upsetting questions. Not like you, <laughs> mom. You ask annoying questions. My name's Andy, <laughs> <laughs> and I have black toenails. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also like a really good scene near the end of it where the antichrist is coming uh like you know trying to fight his darker urges and be like a normal kid and like his mom's like talking him down from you know being the prince of all evil for a minute and mm-hmm. yeah that that's a nice moment yeah well th- that's the interesting thing is that is how they mix the two mm-hmm. uh the, the the whole the two aspects of the whole rosemary's baby thing and also the the whole um, single mother kind of thing, you know, and and I think it's very, very nice and very fair to the mother, which is good. Yeah, know? yeah, which is you know rare to see, but you know we have the Dos Equis uh, chromosome film, so girl horror done right. <laughs> the Dos Equis. Our, our next subject uh, is the framing device for this whole movie. Okay, hold on. Vivian applies a zoom filter this is called midsummer you get it oh clearly the best horror movie the best horror movie ever i hate that movie me too i mean i don't hate it just think it's stupid yeah i I don't think it deserves as much attention as it's gotten to me it kind of it kind of it kind of makes me sort of uh kind of annoys me a mm-hmm. bit that you know that that, that that it gets so much praise you know kind of in a way kind of reminds me of not even because it's like i can see why someone would like a wes anderson movie mm-hmm. but i don't the like Midsom- wes anderson no i hate him you know <laughs> but i can see why someone would like it you know or like that it, it's all about the tone mm-hmm. and you know someone likes that tone mm. Uh, I, I liked Hereditary better and I thought it was more interesting when we were getting into like more personal drama stuff in that instead of uh, oh well we're going to go over and make it a, a, a spooky occult thing. Well that's the thing for example you know comparing it with the Antichrist okay so we can we can even put some of this. Yeah. Um, so Hereditary yeah. is a similar movie in that it sort of melds um, sort of like family problems with mm-hmm. something occult or horror, mm-hmm. right? But I think that that movie tries to be 
a little too aloof maybe about it this right. mo- and this movie is so uh, by comparison is so intensely about the the plight of this of the single mother mm-hmm. and and you know not in holding on to her son that is slipping from her hands you know right you, you sort of feel it you know and uh and uh, in and the interesting thing one of the interesting things is that the character her main character she's not the best main character you know she but you can tell that she really loves her son and mm-hmm. she loves him and she wants to protect protect him uh-huh. which is super sweet you know up until the end you know yeah and um yeah yeah i, I agree uh i was going to take another dig at uh, hereditary where like we're in antichrist uh the <laughs> uh the occult plot and the um you know personal drama are like layered in properly yeah you, you know like uh, like dough it's like it's like dough it's it's like dough it just rhymes yeah yeah and uh the the uh, hereditary is just like all right we got a bunch of flour on one side and uh just water on the other side and it's like okay great here you go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three that's how you bread right what do you mean mix it layer it yeah. no yeah that's the thing with hereditary i think it tries to be the ending tries to be like too surprising or something like that you know mm-hmm. and it doesn't to me it didn't quite work right i mean i i, I like them as separate movies <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh, this is great but it has nothing to do with any of the shit we set up at the beginning i mean to me the best thing about hereditary is tony collette Mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah she gives one of one of those like you know heart-rending performances that she's done like ever since a few years a few years back i mean she's always been a good actress mm. uh but uh she gives this sort of heart-rending performance where she puts everything you know kind of methody kind of thing she yeah. puts ever everything out and uh i loved her like for example in um uh, i'm thinking of ending things too she's, oh, yeah, she's great yeah. there too and with David Thulis, who is great, you know, when he's great there too. It's great. You know, when he's actually given, you know, an interesting role other than, you know, the 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 yelling god of war or whatever in <laughs> that Wonder Woman movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He he was Aries, little shrimpy Aries. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we, we we keep veering off topic, and this is supposed to be a short episode. Yeah, it's gonna have to be a bunch of cutting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, the next to last uh, awesome thing here is uh, the framing sequence for this entire movie. Yes. So, the framing sequence for the movie is uh, it's sort of done in the style of like uh, 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 Jan Svankmeyer, for example, who mm-hmm. did Alice, who did a uh, lot of other like great animated but this sort of stop motion animation mm-hmm. so it's like very painstaking stop motion animation or mm-hmm. the brother uh, the brothers quay for example yeah, yeah. uh famous like the street of uh crocodiles. crocodiles which is another another good movie um uh the it's done it's done in that style and it's about like a little walking dollhouse uh, that mm-hmm. has like a face and, and it wanders around the house looking for things to put in its drawers. Yeah. And it's super sweet. It's it and it's sort of it, it it has a very magical kind of kind of man kind of atmosphere. At the same time, you know, 
that one of the things that that when that those kind that kind of animation always has I, I i don't know a certain tiny bit of sinister aspect to it oh you yeah know? it depends yeah. how it's done you know you can see that in the smack meyer stuff too um and uh and in between the the shorts um there's little scenes of the uh, the, the dollhouse walking around yeah. looking for something and and and, and you know, at one point right. we sort of see her like her heart that's like an apple you mm -hmm. know it's like very very beautifully done and that's like kind of used to like introduce and title drop the uh the things because it's all like parts of like rooms and hallways inside of right the she's going like little rooms and stuff but there's a little story to it too yeah yeah which is interesting because at the end she finds like what looks like a bird Mm -hmm. And she, uh, um, you know, she finally fi finds that it looks like like um, it's like a, like a stuffed bird or a, or a bird like a hummingbird, is, yeah, uh, yeah. And she picks it up and puts it in, and, and then she goes and puts it. Uh, there's 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 a girl that's like lying there like lifeless, mm -hmm. and and she opens her chest and puts the bird inside, and the girl wakes up, and it's yeah. it's a very beautiful, because, again, the theme of motherhood. Mm -hmm. the the house the, the little doll house she's a mother mm. you know and uh and she's looking to take care of uh, awake her child you know mm -hmm. uh you know that obviously she wasn't feeling good or she wasn't you know she she was some, something emotional you know mm -hmm. and you know she, she sort of liberated liberated her and it's mm -hmm. neat because it's sort of like the view of a mother like traditional sort of that she's she's so much off the house that she's become a house almost mm -hmm. you know like with little rooms yeah. and drawers and stuff it's it's very beautiful very yeah. beautiful you know and you know miles above the other little shorts that, that we've been talking about yeah in its implications and stuff and again uh that's why to me the the movie has a theme uh, a running theme of motherhood throughout mm -hmm. it, I think. oh yeah 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 um and plus, uh, you know, with the stop motion stuff and the th whole thing abstracted as like a little dollhouse with a woman's face and legs and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, she's, you know. she's, like, she's like a mom spirit, basically, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, like one of the cami or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's but, it's just it, it, it's just sort of like she haunts the house, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like a little house. It's it's very, very beautiful. Very, very beautifully done. Right. And, you know, like Very sweet. I, I'm a sucker for uh, that kind of style, too. Um, oh, yeah. Beautiful. You know, you know, that stuff is great. Like, remember the um, one thing we we that we'll probably talk about at some, some point is uh, Jens Fankmeyer stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we did Alice and we recently we watched uh, a movie called Faust. That he oh, did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'd look at anything with the Spunkmeyer brand on it, it's just excellent <laughs> oh yeah 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 a little odek you know but that that faust movie was was great mm -hmm. and it wasn't all uh, uh stop motion and stuff but it did have a lot of that sort of like in between uh, you know like in integrated with the characters and stuff and it's sort of like a retelling of the story of faust yeah, you know, yeah dr faustus we talked about 16 movies in this one tiny episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> anyway, move on. <laughs> okay. All right. The the first um, non-frame part of this uh, anthology, and easily the best, mm -hmm. 
because it's written by a man. I think of a man. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, it's um it's the box. The box. See here, adapted and directed by Yvonka Vukovic. All right, she hasn't done much. Um but I have one of her movies that she did after this mm-hmm. in, in our pile. So, oh, I'd love to watch it. Yeah, she did. Uh, so, like, she did this and she did another movie called Riot Girls, which uh, I need to check out. Ivanka Vukovic. Ivanka Trump. <laughs> okay, so The Box is uh, uh, directed by Ivanka Vukovic, like I said, but it's also written by a famous author, right? Like Jack mm-hmm. Ketchum? Yeah. And um, you read yeah. some of his stuff, right? I have, I have. Um, he he's a, a horror writer, and he writes some pretty grueling stuff. Um, one one of the thing one of the things he's written is probably one of the best, most interesting stories that I've read. But it's also like so visceral and horrible that I never want to read it again. Mm. But it's one of those things that just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. it's uh the girl next door so what makes it interesting i mean without spoiling it too much um other than the you know she, you know she, well it's based on forget about um, the visceral horror part right well it's based on the real uh it, it's uh kind of like a fictionalized version of uh, the uh, murder of uh sylvia lackins in 1966 and she was like a 16 year old girl that went to live with uh not so much relatives, but like this one family because like her parents were carnies and they paid this family, which was like a single mother and her three boys to mm-hmm. uh, babysit her and her sister. And uh, it immediately just falls into straight flipping abuse mm-hmm. of like culminating in her death. But like everything that happens between here and there and it's just horrible. It's just horrible, yeah. And like the book itself, sort of explores, uh, like the idea of like kids will do anything if you let them, or give them like tacit permission. Mm-hmm. Sort sort of like the Milgram experiment, where uh, ah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like where uh, people like people will do what they're told if they're told by an authority figure. Right. You know, this is sort of like permission to be awful. And that happens. And it also mm-hmm. sort of explores like how boys can come to resent women for not being available for their desires. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where the main character is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to climb a tree and peep at this new girl. And I can't see anything through the window. And uh, it's like as an adult, he's reflecting on this experience. And it's just like, and as a kid, I, re- I, I was mad at her for not being there and being, you know, available available right and um and he's like kind of like questioning what that says about him and why he mm-hmm. uh why he didn't do more to change things and mm-hmm. anyway it, it's uh it's a very interesting book but it's also super flipping grueling kind of a lot like uh, uh woman in the dunes yeah that uh it's very, very well done way more it's ultraviolence a, right 
Right, yeah. Like, it, it's a different flavor of, uh, like, a horrible experience that's very beautiful and interesting, mm-hmm. but I never want to do it ever again. Mm. I, uh, when I was editing that last episode, I was kind of, like, digging through, like, some of the footage of the movie, and I'm just like, this movie is grubby. I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> And you know, that's the There's case. There's a movie of the girl next door, I think. Yeah, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to <laughs> watch it either. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I actually looked up like Jack Ketchum movies. I think I told you, and I'm like, yeah, yep, I'm never watching any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, he, he's good at what he do, but what he do is horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, the box. Uh, based on one of his short stories is thankfully not like any of this at all kind of out of character based on what I've seen Um, have you read the story itself yes okay so you're gonna have to tell us a little bit about that too it's not much different it's just a male protagonist instead of female protagonist and I think the movie is better because of the way it goes with yeah well, the, I think it, this one actually ties into a motherhood, too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, more tangentially, but it does. Uh, because, you know, the, the mother is the main character on it. Mm-hmm. But um, so anyway, so what happens? So it starts with uh, a, a woman and her two children are riding the subway one night. And the subway car is packed. Uh, and they're sitting right by a man with a big red wrap present. It's like this guy dressed mm-hmm. in a black suit, you know, sort of like sinister looking but mm-hmm. you know not overtly so you not know creepy like kind of affable but you know it's yeah just like, yeah huh. and like uh, the little boy uh you know being like a precocious and all riled up because they've been christmas shopping uh he asked the man uh, what's in the box and the man says we'll have a look and he uh pops open the side and the kid looks in the box and then he closes it and then he's quiet for the rest of the rest of the ride. The guy gets yeah. off at some station. And, and there's then... a, I think that I think there's also worth noting before you move on to the, uh, to, from that uh, the kid's expression mm-hmm. when he looks into the box. Hmm. He has like an expression. It's very it's very well done. It's like it's surprise followed by some kind of like pained regret almost. As if he wishes he wouldn't, he hadn't seen it in a way. Like, you can read that on the on the on the expression of the kid. See, I um, read it more as like just like confusion. It's like what am I looking at? Right, there is that too. I think yeah. there's there's like a like a like three different like sort of two or three different expressions there. There's like mm-hmm. a surprise, and then it's like oh, what's that? And then it's like oh, you mm-hmm. know, sort of sort of, sort of like like. Like, like like a backing off almost you know? yeah and Which, i think that's great that kudos because kids can't act so and you were able to get that yes. all of that range out of one kid it's like yeah yeah, nice. yeah. yes nice um <laughs> and so anyway so they get home that night and the kid does not want to eat and that's how it starts and it's basically very simple in the in the in the elements of the movie they're very simple. So the the kid doesn't want doesn't want to eat. He never he never he stops eating, but it's it, it's not like he starts dying or something like that. Right. Uh, but he he does not want to eat. He's never hungry. He says mm-hmm. he's always full. He doesn't feel like you know I'm not like hungry. eating. 
yeah he's not hungry so and and so it starts to have an effect on the family the uh that the um like the the dad you know starts getting really you know uh, upset about this whole thing right, they right. Take you're not the leaving this the... table till you eat your vegetable if you don't eat your meat you can't have any pudding how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat you right because your, at first you know sort of yeah at first it's sort of like uh yeah the pizza you know like as if you know the kids being you know the, the kids being bad or something you mm-hmm. know but then they notice that the kid never eats at all Mm-hmm. Never. It goes to school, brings his brings his lunch back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kid never eats at all, and it's really bad. And and and, and you know the the parents are, you know, sort of worried about it. But the, more the dad than the mom. At first, the right. mom is more like she's like, she sort of wants to give him his space in a way. Yeah, yeah. To like sort she, of work she's... out whatever's going, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, she, she's kind of aloof, and like the dad's the one who's more emotional about all of this, and uh, which is sort of like the yeah flipping, you know, the usual perspective. But the the uh, it really starts to get worse once at one point the sister asks asks the kid. Everyone asks the kid what was in the box, and the kid goes like, uh, "I don't Nothing. remember." nothing you know and i don't remember or something like that right he he gives different answers mm-hmm. but at one point he actually tells the sister what was in the box like you know just whispers right. it in her ear right and, and the like sister, the mother's walking down the hall when that happens and it's like it's like a very clandestine thing right and like and when sister, she uh comes in and tries to grill him about it they, they both clam up immediately they both climb up and then the and then the sister starts mm-hmm. not wanting to eat which it has an element kind of like Pontypool, you yeah. know, sort of like virus of the mind kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, not saying that this, because this is not, to me, this has nothing to do with science fiction in any way. This right. is like very sort of classical, like the devil kind of thing to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it is like kind of a sci-fi concept in that like, you know, it sets up this weird otherworldly thing, but mm-hmm. it's like, to be like used as like a metaphor for like actual human stuff um mm-hmm. yeah like, because to me uh the um so yeah so the sister so we just go through the plot so the sister doesn't it, it's worth watching so it's there's it, not you know you're not going to miss any anything because there's no you know um you know um big reveal at the end or something like that mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's all about the mood i think it's very oh, yeah. much a mood piece and and it's sort of in a way um there's a you know there's a refusal to tell you anything about it too mm-hmm. you know the kids don't tell anyone you know i'm sorry the uh the just like the kid doesn't want to tell you that mm-hmm. tell the parents or any or anyone the movie doesn't tell you either in right. pretty much anything so and, you know that, that's sort one of, of those it sort uh, of leaves it where it eats you up in a yeah. way that, that that eats uh that's one of those mm-hmm. tenets of girl <laughs> horror where it's not it's not exactly clear what the horror is and mm-hmm. you're not going to leave this with like a, a concrete explanation where oh it's part of an ancient curse that does such and such and these are the rules yeah i remember what you had said about that in that other episode about it yeah yeah and um like at one point like the dad's talking to the kids and um like the kids share the secret with dad 
and, and then he stops eating and he won't tell his wife about it. Right. Yeah. So at one point, at one point, the uh, the kid shares the secret with his dad because his dad is little. It's like very, you know, like, like he's a wreck. Basically, mm-hmm. he's like an emotional wreck. The dad. Um, and so the kid in the end obliges, obliges him and tells him, uh, you know, almost to save him that. But it's it's he passes the curse in a way, you know, yeah. He passes that knowledge, and I want to, and and I'll move on to you know, so so, so the mother has been have so in in all this she doesn't know she does she ever finds out, but she's been having these sort of these dreams where she is getting eaten by her family, because I think in a way that that plays into the whole uh, mother horror thing because she she dreams of becoming the sustenance that they need in a yeah. way you know but uh in, in that dream uh you, it's uh conspicuous that she's not suffering by this no she's no smiling because she's, she's happy yeah she's, she's smiling giving herself because, to them yeah, yeah. and it, um, you know feeling that need that that they obviously have and that she doesn't understand but she will give herself completely to fulfill right and then there's um i probably should have brought this up earlier since it's out of place here like the way that the the short is directed it's like the 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 camera angles a lot like a whole bunch of other like fact actors are like very well laid out and like each night at dinner it gives you like a sumptuous um you know like a magazine picture uh image of uh, of the food that they're going to eat that night or not eat and um yeah yeah and and i thought that was a kind of an interesting touch where it's like yeah i kind of want to eat that um yeah uh and um and so, so in the end, the mother is left alone. We're not mm-hmm. going to say why or how. Spoiler! The, mm-hmm. uh, the mother is left alone and she goes back to the subway to try to find that man mm-hmm. and that, that, she, uh, that, that, uh, that she had met, you know, with her family, yeah. uh, you know, a long time ago, uh, trying to find out what's in the box in mm-hmm. a way and it, because now it's tied up to her family you know and right. the fate of her family so and that's when the story ends that's when yeah. the, the the short ends and i'm like I, I remember i remember thinking they you know if they cut it here it would mm-hmm. be great it would be perfect you know mm-hmm. you, you don't over explain it just just right know when to cut and they do, which is great because it feels very much like a short story. So to me, it's it's like a glimpse into a world that does not reveal itself fully, but leaves a lasting impression anyway. Right, um, right. They're, makes still... full use of that brevity, I think, and breaks off at the right time. You know, it reminded me of uh, since you you know of uh, Junji Ito. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, uh, you know Junji Ito. You know the Enigma of Amigara Fault. Mm-hmm. In that one, there's, you know, which is, you know, it's one of the most terrifying things I've ever read. This hole is meant for me. Yes. There's this, um, there's, there's a terrifying uh, compulsion that, uh, that takes hold of people uh, to fit themselves into these holes. And, Mm -hmm. and, but, uh, you know, definitely you should read that. It's fantastic. And Junji Ida in particular, you know, he, it's very much this kind of, uh, sort of weird but sort of gut punch kind of kind of horror right you know? it's like literal metaphors 
of a thing that's yeah. actually happening that's like huh that's it on the nose but here it is yeah horrifying. but I, I don't i don't know i think he has a great ability to um sort of to junji Eden, you know we're talking yeah. about him now but it, it the horror is very similar in that regard you know mm-hmm. the junji eater horror he has a great ability in a way in a way it kind of reminds me of david lynch in a different way again david lynch mentioned mm-hmm. um to uh to insinuate something the contour of something under the fabric of whatever's been said mm-hmm. without having without saying it and so you know the general contours and it fits into something but you don't know exactly what it is that's mm-hmm. that's a great thing to achieve as a filmmaker i think right. because it, it gives your whatever you're saying whatever you're doing you know in in, in your movie um, a much stronger and deeper connection and mm. you know oh yeah and yeah. you know what you know we'll talk about junji Ida stuff some other point so i don't want to overextend this so right, yeah right. so this uh this uh podcast that we're talking about a single movie that has blossomed into like 90 different other things yeah um, well you know that's yeah. that that we're faffing about phil faffing i also um uh, i also wanted to talk to you about a couple other points uh the box uh well uh since we just covered the ending it's like i, I thought the uh ending was uh interesting mm-hmm. and it like it ends on a real real tight line mm-hmm. where like the mother's talking about uh that she's looking for this guy on the subway and you know she misses her family all at all, all. and then it ends with the sentence i need to find him to know that my son knew and then passed on to the others. It's the only way I can get close to them now. I want to see. I have to see. I'm hungry. And, you know, that, like, kind of goes to the loss of appetite with the other people, but, you know, Mm -hmm. hungry for the secret or whatever um, yeah and another thing i wanted to uh, mention was uh the fact that this um that this goes through both her kids and then her husband and then stops there and she doesn't know the secret kind of late leads to the uh the othering of a mother like uh right. she is excluded from the family despite being the uh the source of the family um mm-hmm. and that's like one of those things like the can, heart of the family yeah. right and she's just sort of excluded from it and she like she never finds out why right and that's like its own kind of horror too mm-hmm. oh like... yeah and also the 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 fact that she loves them and she can't fix what's wrong with them right you know and uh so anyway but i just wanted to go uh a little bit over the whole metaphorical aspect of it mm-hmm. to me it it almost it reminded me of almost of something like a like a uh like a greek myth sort of thing mm-hmm. kind of like uh you know like i which i really liked uh, uh the killing of a sacred deer yes yes that was um the killing of a sacred deer is very similar in tone to this um that it has the that sort of like the the strangeness uh of 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 uh of an encounter with the gods, I think, mm-hmm. 
um, which I which I think is I think is great in this movie, because it's like it's like that thing where the the, the punishment of curiosity in a mm-hmm. way, yeah, of wanting to know too much. You know, you know, there's like Adam and Eve in the garden, but more like it's it's more sinister than that. So it's more like like a Greek myth kind of thing, mm-hmm. because it's like it, it changes you forever sort of you know it's kind of like that like uh, the knowledge of of oedipus sort of right you know that there's uh, after the after that knowledge there is there's no forgiveness there's no going back mm-hmm. um and uh, the, and there's a certain uh, there's a certain perverse uh glee i think in the in the the the, the figure of the man which to me is kind of like a god figure mm-hmm. you know in offering that to the mortals so that they will mess themselves up trip themselves up yeah you know uh it's it's just it's just this sort of perverse uh setting up of the situation you know it's like of course a kid is going to want to know what's in the box you mm-hmm. know and then he is scarred forever you know yeah and of course the the, the movie another thing that, that that i liked is that it sort of treats it at as um how secrets can destroy a families you know mm-hmm. secrets of like for example like sexual abuse within a family or something like that oh yeah those those things that that, that are sort of will, will you know you know rip a family apart because the secrets that that can't be said that can't be spoken because they're 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 impossible to say you know right, because right. they're too too deep too dark too difficult to verbalize or vocalize because another thing you know, with regards to like sexual abuse and stuff, especially, you know, within families and stuff, everything would change after that. Mm-hmm. And, you, and uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's better to keep the secret rather than to say it, rather than to say it and everything, have everything change, even right, if, right. Even if mean, you're the victim. You I know? tell mom that uh, my, my dad uh, hit me in the back of the head with his dick one time. It's going to ruin Thanksgiving. Eh? <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> moving on yeah yeah uh, uh, <laughs> hypothetically a uh, parody in minecraft never happened <laughs> in minecraft <laughs> no but uh, but it's you know uh it's that kind of thing where uh it's sort of like the power of secrets and uh knowledge and you know a certain dark knowledge sort of ele- sort of elevated to a metaphor yeah and, Which is uh, why I, I really liked it. To me, it's 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 the best of the episodes, mm-hmm. and it's like the first one, the first one. And then you go like, wait, and you go like the the to the 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 vertebrae party. Go like, oh, uh, let me see how good this is. Oh, hey, this what? sucks. Okay, hmm. well, let's see dog. the ne- let, let's watch the next one. It's like, oh, you know, and it's like, uh, huh. and then you're. Yeah, yeah, it's like, remember how Don't Fall made you think about, like, uh, the greater implication of, like, how secrets can destroy you, or, you you know... uh, Well, Don't Fall could could have been, you know, it's interesting, because... It could have been interesting if it were. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) you know, if... if if, if don't fall have been treated in the same way mm-hmm. could have been you know again like you know fall from grace fall from friendship you know fall from a relationship you know fall, fall into f- the you know f- which could be couple fall into evil yeah. you know 
uh, the fall, you know, the fall as in the fall from the Garden of Eden, right. you, know? <laughs> you know, like literally like a million of other could have been things anything, you, you know, all kinds of it. things. And yeah. you, you took the bold strategy of doing nothing with it. That's it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. It took the bold strategy of it being just, uh, oh, you know, she she encounters a monster. They all die. The end. That's it. You know? Yeah. I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> but yeah. And another thing, uh, unlike this episode, uh, each of these movies was like 20 minutes. Very They're short. Very short. Yeah. So like the whole runtime of the things, like about like 82 minutes or something. And that's like another thing that I love about short fiction is like uh, the, the best. It doesn't waste your time. It's efficient. Mm-hmm. It gets in there. It, it does its thing. Like, you know, like all those episodes of the Twilight Zone that everybody remembers so fondly. Those things don't run, but like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like, like get in and get out, and it's like, all right, here they're you very, go. Tight. very tight. Very tight. Think about it's, it. It's an art form, you know, like, like the the good short story, which I think is, uh, it does, you know, it doesn't always work. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, sometimes they have these episodes for, for other short form style things, and it doesn't always work because you have to have really good writing, I think, mm-hmm. to make it work, and the tight sort of directing too. Yeah. And back to Ketchum, he is a good writer, or was, he's dead now. Uh, he died, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, not saying that this is all, like, at, lays the best part of it at a man's feet. It's, like, in the story, it's uh, it's from the dad's point of view. And he's like, oh, well, you know, my, my parents were real hard asses about such and such, and they'd make me clear my plate, and I don't want to do that with these kids. And that, that's about, like, the extent of it. It just seems more mundane, whereas yeah, yeah, it's it... more mundane versus mm-hmm. like whereas it's like from the mother point of view, where like she's like literally excluded. Uh, mm-hmm. She has these dreams of feeding her family. It, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, becoming their sustenance. Right, know. right, and she's you know, I like that idea of like exclusion and otherness for the mother, the other mother, and yeah, yeah, and just like th- this uh, kind of takes the story, which on itself is cool. But then just like elevates it to a much higher level. And I'm like, wow, just like kudos, Yovana Vukovnik. Yovanka Vukovic. Jovanka Vukovic. No, it was uh yeah, it was it was it was very good. Unfortunately, it's the, it's the best of it. I mean, yeah. it's the really best best. But uh anyway, so um, if you watch this movie and and you have and and you liked other parts of it or you have any thoughts about it, definitely let us know. Yeah, yeah. Check out uh, the box, Andy Christ, and the framing device that gets you from point A to point B. <laughs> yes. But the uh, other ones you can watch them too, but don't expect too much. Yeah, yeah. You can find out the punchline that shaggy dog joke that we've been dancing around. <laughs> but but don't fall for it (gasps) anyway let's hope uh let's hope this uh boils down into a nice tight package instead of a 90 minute monstrosity uh and Mm -hmm. happy faffaween everybody happy uh (laughs) happy faffing about halloween november yeah (laughs) and uh and uh we'll see we'll see each other on the next movie yeah hopefully a short episode too 
All right. And um, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on, uh, on, Facebook, on the Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter, at mm-hmm. Favcast. Uh, what's our yeah, Facebook? We're mostly on Facebook right now. Uh, yeah. It's uh, facebook.com slash film. Real catchy. And uh, <laughs> you just search for Faffing About Film. I'm sure that we're, I'm sure we're the only ones with that name. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about Faff Vlog or, or Shrimp Tank again? <laughs> Faffcast. Faff All right. Anyway, I'm Andy. I'm Vivian. Happy Faffoween. Bye. Bye bye. memory lucy suppressed from her seventh birthday birthday it wasn't really her mom's fault even though her therapist said it's probably why she fears intimacy the birthday party